that game to Sims? Did you ever play that and the appeal you had of picking a character, building a house, and then having the fun experience of picking a profession for that sim, then watching the character grow and change throughout the game? It's interesting stuff, but where does that appeal to do that really come from? And why is it relevant to us? In the first Sims game, there were about 10 career paths you could pick for as your profession for your sim. Business, entertainment, law enforcement, a life of crime, medicine, military, politics, an athlete, science, and some sort of extreme career, if I remember. Overlooking the fact that when you're a kid, you probably felt the desire to give your sim the job as a criminal and have him rob stuff. (laughs) Most of the fun in that game came from deciding and developing the way the sim lived their life. Um, Building the houses was fun, but building the house by itself um, without interacting with the sim and particularly giving them a profession uh, wouldn't have been much. The profession really added a new dimension to the game. But for now, leaving aside the parallels of The Sims and how that relates to this human life, the profession of The Sims and picking a profession for a sim does lead to an important parallel in our own wiring and how the corruption, or maybe a better way to put it, the misunderstandings of that wiring has led us to producing humans which function on autopilot and consequently in the external world what has led to the destruction of jobs in our society. So today specifically, the wiring or encoding I'm talking about is coming from the archetypal realm, the realm of archetypes. Um, Throughout history, there have been many different interpretations of archetypes and each culture develops their own interpretation of them and then unpacks meaning in that. For example, the Chinese had the eight immortals, uh, one which embodied spirit and creativity, one which embodied desire and joy, one was conscious and rational, one was will and stimulation, one was feeling and instinct, one was subconscious and irrational, one was related to the superconscious and transcendent, and one was doing uh, related with receiving and the soul. Uh, Jung also developed his own archetypes, um, the innocent, the sage, the explorer, the outlaw, the magician, the hero, the lover, the jester, the everyday man, the caregiver, the ruler, and the creator. And the ancient Indians had their own archetypes too of abundance, power, love, goodness, truth, beauty, justice, wholeness, and self. So these archetypes exist in the non-material world and, as Jung put it, are part of our supramental intelligence. Uh, They're the precursors to our other intelligences and are what give form to the more shallow levels of the unconscious and inform our conscious mind of our actions and what we think and believe. The East also had their own understanding about how each level of consciousness was governed, Um, but I'll talk about that another time when we talk about the different kinds of thinking. For now, what's important is to understand the fact that we can only process meaning in our life through these archetypes existing. So when we embody these different archetypes correctly, it leads to higher levels of consciousness and takes us closer to the origination of the base code of reality. But unfortunately, what's happened with 
society's blind belief in materialistic science in the past few centuries, it's led us to the corruption of these archetypes and ultimately has left entire generations lost without purpose as the professions they are in have lost their original motivation for existence, which is the archetypal exploration. That's what our professions are there for, so we can explore different archetypes. And that's why so many people are lost right now because that is never more prevalent today. We've never been further removed from the archetypes. So through taking a closer look at some of these ancient Indian archetypes, in a modern context, we can help paint the picture more clearly of why or, or rather how we can see what's missing in our life. Um, and then that can help us understand how we can establish meaning and why that meaning is necessary because it's an, a facet of using our body's code to its full extent. So let's take a look at some of these archetypes of the Indian ones of abundance, power, love, goodness, truth, beauty, justice, wholeness, and self. So let's take a look at a few. So the archetype for truth is a profession that the scientist is supposed to embody. And in the past, that was true. But as our thinking in science has become more materialistic, it's also become relative. Because of that, because of the relativity of it, scientists have moved away from seeking to embody this archetype from truth simply because the fact that truth is no longer absolute. It's relative. If you ever seen the movie All-Star Superman, it sums it up pretty well before Lex Luthor has his realizations about the quantum realm. He, he sums the epitome of what he says, sums up this materialistic thinking very well. He says, I don't believe in truth. You can't measure it or hold it in your hands. I mean, what is truth? Um, now, the modern-day scientist believes that they uphold themselves to the highest standard of truth. That's their very identity. That's their very profession to do that. But the problem is if you've never experienced the deeper levels of the unconscious and experienced what the archetypes are in the non-physical world, you can't begin to embody truth because truth can't be reached out of ignorance or a lack of experience rather doesn't permit the possibility of truth to be reached because truth is stemming from a reality which isn't physical and which is absolute. But if everything, all your reasoning is reductionistic in nature, then it's just not possible to get there. So art is beauty, or rather the, the archetype of beauty um, is correlated with art or being an artist because art is a direct route into the intangible spiritual realm. It's It goes beyond obvious perception into something deeper. And what makes an artist successful? If they've transcended the material world enough to come in contact with the higher realms of the archetypes, if that artist can catch hold of a timeless archetype, then the artwork will stand the test of time and become immortal because they've gone into the transcendent realm where time doesn't exist. So that's why some pieces of art can just withstand the test of time. But what's happened to the majority of mainstream art today, let's take movies, for example. It's become subjugated to making a profit and it's sacrificed like a 
accessibility or acceptability and consensus for what people want for creating independent ideas and risking the possibility of creating new meanings to things. If we look at a few more of these archetypes, law should be correlated with the archetype of justice, fairness. Um, that's what gives our society equality in part. But these days, judges aren't trained any longer to be just like they were in the past. They're trained intellectually to be impartial. And on the, if you're on the intellectual level, like we discussed in the weeks before, that means it's the conscious levels of awareness. It's not the deeper levels of con con uh, the unconscious. And that means if it's not in the deeper levels of the unconscious, there can't be an exploration of the archetype because that's where it exists. So no exploration of the archetype, what does that lead to? Well, it interprets to leads to interpreting the law with coldness and reductionistic analysis. And then that leads to a dependence on ambiguity and an open interpretation of things, which can then be further corrupted by, you know, a lack of awareness of how the mind functions and the prejudices and the limited realm of experience and perception it has. So that's another. Um, we'll look at a few more. Doctors um, or healing, the profession of healing and doctors would be correlated in this system with the archetype of wholeness. If you look at the etymology of wholeness and healing, it's the same. Uh, at its root, to heal, heal means whole. So therefore, to heal, you have to be whole. In current times, if you're, if you're sick and you go to a doctor, they'll just look at the physical manifestations of the disease, what's going on inside your body. If you're sick with a nose problem, you go to an otolaryngologist. If you have a foot problem, you go to a podiatrist. If you have depression, you go to a psychologist. If you have cancer, you go to an oncologist. This is all reductionistic, isolating the problem. But in contrast, wholeness, if you're embodying the archetype, doesn't include just looking at all aspects of those physical aspects together, but it also looks at addressing the aspects that are in the non-physical so the things that don't show up in the body, but are the precursor to reality taking place. So to heal, you need wholeness, but to be whole, you need to gain a holistic picture. And the only way you can do that is by going to the root of the reality. And the root of reality is non-physical. So if you are a doctor, truly embodying the archetype of healing, you'd spend most of your time studying and researching and cultivating finding meaning in the non-material layers of reality first and foremost, which is obviously not what the, the doctors are trained for today. Of course, with all these archetypes, there's always exceptions with all these rules and there's always people following these archetypes. But just examining mainstream society and looking at that so we can understand these archetypes more and when we don't follow them correctly, what is the result? Business and economics is another one. Mm, business and economics right now could be related to the archetype of abundance in the Indian system. Um, but the problem is, well, for example, elitism could just be seen as another uh, wrong interpretation or a segregation of the archetype of abundance. Greed comes from thinking abundance is money 
and resources and acquiring that rather than understanding that abundance is more than money and it can instead be integrated with relationships, virtue and other non-material and intangible aspects of reality. So if people gained abundance outside of money, the business world and economic world would be less profit-driven at the expense of everything else because people would realize that simply one part of pursuing the archetype of abundance and greed is simply just a side effect of not experiencing abundance in these other facets. Uh, probably the most common archetype which people know is the archetype of love. Um, it can't be proven, but there's just one of those things where we have a, a blinder for because love is one of the most powerful uh, archetypes and it's the one which we're least blocked to feeling or rather the one that most people feel. So even though it can't be measured by science, people still believe it's real. Uh, but this one, problem being people are interpreting love as sexuality, that being sexual is love rather than just understanding sexuality is a portal for love to happen. It can take you there, but it's not the actual embodied archetype of it. So having a look at all these things, what does this lead us to understand? That archetypes are there, they're supposed to lead us to find personal meaning. The, the simulations, higher levels of code, which gives structure so we can interface with the reality just as the Sims had their professions to choose from. But not being aware of them or not embodying them leads to drone-like behavior and it leads to the destruction of our professions and our jobs in this way because what we're supposed to be pursuing a profession for, we've lost that connection. The education system is a perfect example of this. A lot of people think education is about acquiring knowledge and that knowledge will set you free, knowledge will save society. But access to knowledge isn't the problem. That's looking at the manifestation of much previously or deeper code. You need knowledge to interact with the world. Of course, you need to take that in to do that. But it's not a matter of taking in knowledge. That's not the problem. It's how you use that knowledge, where that knowledge takes you. Because relying on words and intellectual thinking will always create dogmas because it's knowledge from a superficial conscious. And something existing in that superficial realm, realm will always create identification and attachment. And this is the important part. From what other people have decoded from their interpretation of reality. So it's our pursuit to find our own meaning in the archetypes. But the problem is... People are relying on other people's interpretation of archetypes. Now, that wasn't so much of a problem in the past, in, in the past few thousand years before us, because although society was very clear in terms of what people's roles were and what their jobs were to do, um, there was much more, I don't want to use this word individualism, but there was much more room for interpretation for what could give meaning to your life. But these days... There, it's very clear when you enter society straight away, whatever job you go into, no matter how specified it is, it's, it's got its purpose laid out, it's expressly written. 
But the uh, unless you access those deeper levels of the unconscious, if you're just going into that job because you're that's just the path you've been led down, you're going to be living off what some other person has decoded that archetype to mean. So if you go into the business economic world and it's all about making money and greed and you go along with that, that's just simply living what someone's interpretation or segregation, not fully understanding what the archetype is, that's their interpretation of it. And now you are living through that. So it's not about running on someone else's interpretation. It's about embodying and finding your own meaning in them. All stories have meaning and it's our job as part of the code of this simulation to be an individual and find out that meaning. The great masters and prophets of the world also knew this and that's why any true master you meet will lead you away from words and the material world and instead into the deeper realms of reality, into the unknown. Because when we follow an archetype and generate our own meaning in it, then that's how we generate passion. That's how passion is born. And passion leads to vitality, and we'll get into this more in, later on, um, but it generates vitality because you need to access the unconscious realms to generate your own meaning. And to access those realms, you need to build your life force and generate vitality. But on the other hand, if we don't do something with passion or we don't have passion, then we're operating on the level of the intellect. And if the same way we get bored or our health starts to decline, unless we've jumped into a radioactive waste, most likely... If those things are happening, you can know you're either operating on someone else's interpretation of an archetype without an archetype altogether, or perhaps you're focusing on the wrong one, not the not the one you're supposed to be embodying or the ones that you're supposed to be embodying. Uh, of course, which ones are you supposed to know that that requires for you to go into these deeper realms to connect to that for yourself? So it's a bit of a catch-22. So the real exploration of these archetypes leads us to leveling up and it's a fundamental precursor to the evolution of everything because archetypes connect us to the grander truth of reality which stems from the base code of how reality operates. So how do we get there? We learn that to be we get there by learning how to be creative and accessing these higher realms which we can talk about more. But the main thing to take away is as you access those higher realms and as you become more creative, you contribute to the game of the universe. At the same time, you're learning how to be an individual. So discovering these archetypes for yourself and you don't need to research them in intellectually, the great thing about this is you just need to go inside your own awareness and just start to recognize the things that you're doing in life where you have unconscious patterns in. And there's going to be a lot. There's a lot for everybody. But an even easier way to look at it is where is there no passion in my life? And where is there passion in my life? When was it in my life when boredom set in? When was it in my life when I was getting sick? And through doing that, asking those questions, looking into it and going into the deeper unconscious 
you start to find that it doesn't matter so much identifying with which archetype is which, but you'll start living through those archetypes and start recognizing which ones you've always mm, be, be acclimatized to or which ones you're always pursuing without knowing just through asking those questions. So if you're passionate and you have vitality, then that's a sure sign that you're living through these archetypes and to some extent, at least, you've generated your own meaning in it. And if you haven't, through asking those questions and through delving into yourself, that's how you can work it out. This is going to be a big thing for humanity to take in for this coming generation for like the next 50 years because we've got a complete disconnect from it. But the fortunate thing is, um, and I'll talk about this in the next podcast, is that despite this you know, past few hundred years of materialistic science, the clear trend has been humanity's consciousness evolving into the non-material levels of consciousness. And, and what we're seeing now with society changing so much and with people existing in lockdown is there's going to be a further uh, disidentification with people's identities. They're going to get further lost in, in themselves and not having any direction. So the need to recognize the fact that archetypes are what exist and allow these archetypes to form uh, or sorry, these the very fact that these archetypes exist are what allows meaning to form in our lives, then that is going to be the thing which can help give direction to people's lives and help restructure society in a way which is conducive to purpose and meaning rather than running on very outdated interpretations of someone else's interpretation of an archetype. So... Um, yeah, lots of stumbling and bubbling and dumbling there, but this is very important um, to begin to recognize these things. And uh, the next couple of podcasts be talking about mm, the different layers of consciousness and how each one relates to a certain level of thinking and how each one relates to a certain level of the body because archetypes don't exist in the level of the mind. They can only be accessed through the body. That's very important. So this is very, very crucial to understand how to you can get access to these deeper layers of consciousness and also begin to return back to base reality. So thank you for listening and enjoy embodying an archetype. Tim, Tim, Tim.